Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Unwokable Podcast, and thank you all for being here. Um, I just want to say to everybody again, thank you for your support. Thank you for uh, all of the new subscribers to the channel. I really appreciate your support. If you want to interact directly, uh, follow the link in the chat uh, or follow a link to my YouTube page, Unwokable, and uh, you can support me there directly with uh, Super Chats and hit like, subscribe, hit the bell, make sure you know that when I'm coming on on uh, YouTube, you get notified. That is the best place to watch my content and the best place to get the information I'm going to give you. So um, so I, I, this is my new show that I'm going to be doing every day at 1145 uh, a.m. It is called the Midday Media Detransition. So there's so much talk about transitioning these days, and that's, you know, a woke concept, and uh, it's based on manipulation of the mind um, in terms of children, okay? Now, I'm not saying that any adult that wants to do what they want to do, that's fine. But well, I'm not even talking about that. What I'm talking about is transition of the mind, okay? Not a physical transition, but a transition of the mind, right? They want you to think like them so that you do what they do. And the goal is to break down your identity in order to implant on that blank slate Anything, any political agenda that they want. So in order to support you and your new identity, you need to be uh, a blank slate. You need to be neither male nor female. You need to be neither uh, straight nor gay. You need to be neither uh, white nor, you know, uh, black or, or it's it's not really about the identity. They, they want to do away with all identity, not in the colorblind way. I just want to point that out. Not that they just want to, oh, recognize it and it's okay, but it's the content of your character that's important, right? No, no, no. They actually want to break down the content of your character. What they want to do is uh, implant their character, and it's all wrapped in a political agenda at that point, okay? So why I'm calling it the media detransition is because there's a lot of media misinformation out there, as we all know, okay? And there are many narratives that are being spun right now, especially locally. So this is this this first guest is going to um, hit a lot on my local area, which is Norman, Oklahoma, and the the spin that was started a week ago surrounding this teacher who resigned from Norman Public Schools, Summer Bramier. Okay, now I want to say this: I have nothing against her personally. She seems like she could be a very very nice person. What I have against or against any aspect of her identity. Okay, she can present and do as she likes. She's an adult, and I support her freedom to do so. So I want to make that very clear: that this is not about um, my 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 issue with this situation is not about um, her identity at all. Okay, she is a, she's a white girl. Great, she presents how she presents. I don't know what nor care what her her sexual leanings are or anything about her sex life at all, and that's my point. Right. We don't want. In our classrooms, any kind of sexual agenda at all. OK, and what we are, we also don't. But what comes with that, what we don't want is the political agenda that goes with it. So as I just said, right, as I just said, they want to break down all aspects of normity. That's queer theory. OK, queer theory, critical race theory. These are all cultural theories. So if you see in your classrooms the word cultural theory come up. Cultural theory, meaning that it, it, it kind of encompasses all of these critical theories. And when they say that the Norman Public Schools just recently put out a, a statement related to Summer Wamie that they want to teach kids to think critically. Okay. 
When they say think critically, they don't mean it like question everything, right? They don't mean it like analytical, rational, rational linear thinking. That's not what they mean. What they mean is to think critically of all powers and systems that, that support a capitalist, American society that's built on judging people by the content of their character or, they, or, or even just the merit and work, right? Everything has to be re related back to some identity cudgel or some identity wedge when it comes to the education of your children. So when they say, we want children to think critically, right? That's what they mean, to, to, to adopt a Marxist identitarian political ideology, or otherwise known as woke, right? That's what wokeism is. It's a Marxist identitarian political ideology, okay? And within that is diversity, equity, and inclusion. Diversity is the human shield. They put up identities, black, white, you know, black, trans, feminist, as many intersections as they possibly can. And they hold that up as their shield, their human shields. They don't care about any of those people. They want to highlight them to hold that up so that if you attack them for what they're doing, right, in the classroom, if you attack that identity, then they can claim victimhood. And that gives them the power, right? Because it's all about dynamics of power and oppression. Okay, that's what it's always about. Now, so the first thing I'm going to get into is a situation that I had with uh, Wendy Suarez over at Fox News 25 on Twitter. Okay, Ryan Walters yesterday kind of stepped into it a little bit um, in his letter uh, demanding that the Oklahoma State School Board uh, remove the certification of Summer Boimier. Okay, and uh, be, because of not because of a break in critical uh, race theory, not because of the CRT bill, not because of HB seventy seventy five, right? The issue there in lies. the The reason why he did that is because she shared links to books that are sexually explicit. You can't show the pages of these books on this channel right now. I would get demonetized and taken down. Right, I would get demonetized and taken down for doing that. So it's a, you can't show it on television. When they showed the book Gender Queer on Fox 25, right? When they showed that, what they did was uh, they they blurred out the images. Okay, they blurred out the images and. That goes to show you that, that it should not be in a, a school library or a classroom library. And I just have to point this out. I point this out every time. She's an English teacher, and so this makes a little bit more sense. But when I was in school, again, most things are read online now. Okay? But even when most things weren't read online, when I was in school, at a public school, there were books like you would have a series of books. So that if you had five or six books that were using throughout the year, you had enough to, to go to the whole classroom, right? So multiple copies of the same book, right? 
And that would be what consisted of the list. If you were reading To Kill a Mockingbird, you had 30 copies of To Kill a Mockingbird. If you were reading Romeo and Juliet, you had 30 copies of Romeo and Juliet. Right? You didn't have a school library, in a, in a, especially in a high school, right? You didn't have that. And it, what, it, what it amounts to is, is a cudgel. It, it amounts to a narrative cudgel that's being used now in this situation. Okay? It's being used now in this situation where, where th these kinds of things didn't exist before on the whole. Now, what Ryan Walters got in trouble for yesterday or got, got into a bit of a mess for yesterday was in his letter demanding that Joy Hoffmeister remove the certification of that teacher for sharing links to pornographic books with her students with the explicit purpose of leaning them toward that book. It was on the front page that day that she sent it. This book with, with images in it that you can't that you would have to blur out on television. Okay. He said that she was fired. Okay. Now immediately, left wing Twitter spun that around because by the time that he had written that letter, the media had corrected their narrative. Right. See, here's the problem: there was no. There was no narrative built on, uh, there, there was no possible narrative to be built if the teacher just resigned, right? Especially in purposes of the election. So this story came out. Here's a timeline. Listen to this. This story came out at 9.17, okay? At 9.17 p.m. on August 22nd. This is Monday. August 22nd at 9.17 p.m. And it was tweeted out by Wendy Suarez at Fox News 25. Okay? And when she tweeted it out, she left it, she, she, she implied very strongly, and I'm going to show you, she implied that the teacher had been fired in her first tweet. Now, she did not use the word fired, and I knew that. So I'm going to show you how I caught Wendy Suarez and the evidence and the receipts that she demanded to show that she was being disingenuous and let it lay disingenuously all throughout the next day, which is election day for, for state superintendent on August 23rd, okay? So, here's this. Now, as you can see, here's the tweet that I used. So I'm responding to, if you can see it right here, it's actually covered up by, by the video I made and I'll show you, but what she says here, it says, call me a liar, better bring receipts. Because what I said to her was that, and she says right here, when did I say she was fired? And see, this is the narrative flip right here. This is what she was trying to get one over on and what woke Twitter started taking up the cause for her. Okay? Because she's right. She did not use the word fired. Right? 
And I knew that's what was going to be her, her method. And so I set her up and I used the word in my first tweet on, on, a, on a cast I did. I used the word fired. Knowing that's what she wanted everyone to believe by the way she wrote her tweet. Now her tweet, if you view this here, if you can see it, I'm going to try to make it bigger here. Okay. If you can see this, this is her tweet that she sent. Okay. And you can see it's August 22nd, 9.17 p.m. The day before the superintendent election. Okay. Norman book ban, she says. This is the tweet. A close source tells me, a close source, unnamed, right? She never says the source. Um, tells me an English teacher has already been removed at Norman High for providing students a QR code link to the Brooklyn Library and informing them that there are free, there are free books there. Okay, so what she leaves out of this, she's setting a narrative right here. And, and this is what Ryan stepped into inadvertently. I tried to get it to him. Um, he's a very busy guy right now. He's doing a lot of things. Um, I tried to get it to him. And this is all the few days before. This is last week, um, the 24th, which is the day of this newscast that's behind the tweet here you can see, and I'll explain that in a minute, okay? But this is why I'm detransitioning you from the media narrative and trying to show you that they've set traps, especially for conservative candidates, to step into. They set traps. So this is the tweet, and she says, this caused further follow among other teachers in the district. And then she goes on into the tweet. Now, this specific tweet, if you look at it right here, got over 10,000 retweets. That means millions of views, okay? And most of those retweets happened the day of the election. And it left people, this is, this is the, the uh, modern equivalent of the October surprise, is now to have it only hours before people start voting on election day because you don't want people to be able to knock back your narrative, one, and it, everything just moves faster. So Wendy puts this out. And just this first sentence, it says, a close source tells me an English teacher has already been removed at Norman High. This is what was seen by most people. The, the over 10,000. But more than that, here's the more pernicious part. It's what was seen by national and local prominent news sources. And to be fair, this is what happened. Wendy Suarez, it later on, an hour later down in, because she's reporting this as it happens. So instead of doing her due diligence as a journalist and waiting until she has the full story to put it out, Okay, until she does that, and instead of doing that, she put it out as soon as she heard about it and then tweeted it out as the story was developing. And obviously, based upon her first tweet, that I mean, what I'm saying is not an incorrect statement. Because if, if she would have waited to confirm that Summer Boimier had in fact not been removed at all, she wasn't suspended. She wasn't removed from the classroom. She wasn't removed at all. She wasn't removed at all. And that's what this video behind you, I'll play for you in a moment. 
says, okay, this is on the 22nd, so the timeline is important. She did this at 9.17. All day the next day, all day the next day, the news sources are picking up this thread. But most people and the news sources are taking her headline. She has done a signal, and you can tell, uh, here's the thing. Twitter is very telling about things. It can let you know things in terms of what is going to be the next narrative, right? Wendy, Su Wendy uh, Suarez doesn't have that much Twitter engagement. She has some devoted followers, but uh, her, her normal tweets get, you know, 10 if she's lucky. Right? She's not got that big of a following. She, I have a bigger following than she does on Twitter, but but it, it, it and that's not really saying anything because I'm going to tell you right now, Twitter is 90% bots. But what Twitter is, is a narrative machine. Okay? And that's where you know the narrative is going. And so when she tweeted this out at 917, all of Twitter got the message, right? And boom, it shot out. So this is what starts going out to all the national news organizations. And they start running this story in totality with this framing, mostly negating her tweet at the bottom that said she wasn't removed, right? Mostly negating it and spinning it out into the ether. So on the 23rd, the day of the election, you're greeted in the morning as people are voting and starting to vote throughout the day that a teacher has been removed due to HB 1775 because it was a 1775 complaint, right? Even though it wasn't related to anything directly having to do with 1775. Here's the other part of it. She says her, her framing is for providing students a QR code linked to the Brooklyn Library and informing them that there are free books there. Now, what she negates to mention in her first tweet, the one that's tweeted 10,000, is that the front page had genderqueer on it, which is one of the banned books, not, not banned books, but one of the books that Joy Hoffmeister, after being shamed into it by Ryan Walters, that Joy Hoffmeister put out a message to all school districts that they need to remove from their school libraries. So you see the narrative manipulation because right now already Twitter and Facebook and all the, the, the media are going after Ryan for banning books. Joy Hoffmeister agreed the Democratic candidate for Oklahoma governor and the current state superintendent agreed that these were pornographic books. It was on her edict to Tulsa, right? that they should be removed, genderqueer and flamer. And then I came out and several other people came out over the course of the next few days after Tulsa and Mustang and all of that. After Tulsa, we found these books in there. Again, this is not 1775. And Ryan, uh, we pulled out that these books were in Norman and in Putnam City and all kinds of Middale and all kinds of other school districts. So when Joy Hoffmeister told Tulsa to get these books out. All of the rest of the school districts, now that we had thrown out that these are in other school districts, 
told their teachers that they need to pull those books. Go through their things and make sure that there's nothing else like that. Summer Bwamiag takes this as like, I can't have any books. So you see the narrative? And this right here is designed to enforce that false narrative. Because that was back in March that that happened with Joy Hoffmeister. And people have a very short memory. Okay? So she set this narrative and it goes out. And then she says to me, when did I say she was fired? I'll wait. I'll wait. And then she says, before that, she goes, uh, you, call, you can't see it here, but it says, call me a liar. Better bring receipts. Well, those of you who have followed me for a while know that the one thing I have is receipts. And I never jump into a discussion about something that I'm not prepared to provide my receipts for. I set her up by using the word fired in my first tweet to show that what she had implied and what she had stated in the tweet that she put out and didn't correct on live air until two days later after the election was in fact that Summer Bromie was fired because they needed the outrage. They manufactured this outrage. Summer knew that she was not fired. Summer knew that she hadn't been removed from the classroom. She knew that. But they needed the outrage, you see. And I believe this is why she ended up having to resign. She was expecting to get fired. But what she didn't realize, because she hasn't read House Bill 7075 probably, she says that it's, that it's very vague. It's really not vague. But she thought, in her mind, and the media has been eating their, you know, drinking their own Kool-Aid, right? They thought that the books were related to HB 7875. The, the pornography in the classroom or the, the, the sexually explicit books in the classroom was related to 7875. They conflated it, and it wasn't. It was, hey, this, this, is, this has nothing to do with 7875. It has to do with we should never have, and never have in the history of our country allowed pornographic material in, in our school classrooms handed out by teachers. But they attached it, this whole narrative attaches it to 7075, and that's what the next tweet in this thread of hers says. So she asked me to produce receipts. So this is what I said to her. I said, I quoted her, and I said, here's Wendy Suarez, and I said, when did I say she was fired? I'll wait. And so then I quoted her again. Right here, I said, an English teacher has been removed at Norman High. And I put together this nice little video. Okay, so this nice little video is to illustrate something. This tweet on the 22nd was largely uncorrected in a mass way where people would know. It was way down in the thread. But I'm going to show proof to you through the, through the media that this was what everybody got. And she didn't come out and, and, and do another quote tweet or anything like that to say that this wasn't it. She just retweeted into the thread. And if you know how Twitter works, that means that's the stuff that people are going to see the, le the least. And you can see that data-driven, right? Because as the tweets go down in the stream, it's not like Facebook, right? 
you can add to your own narrative, right? And each one can be retweeted. The correction is one of the least quoted or retweeted tweets because they needed that narrative. And it was also a vague correction. So I made this video to illustrate something that, hold on, I'm going to pull it over here, to, to show that this on the 24th, two days after the election, was when she went online. This is from the interview she did with Summer Wamiak. And in that whole interview, I mean, they just conflate a bunch of things. Go back. I've just made some recent videos on it. So go back and watch them, and I get into more detail there. But this is just about the manipulation. So she corrects at the end of her newscast, right? She corrects the, the story that she had initially put out to the mass media. Okay. And this, so I just made this little video. It's only a couple seconds long, but I just want you to hear it to illustrate that I provided her receipts because here is the tweet where she implied strongly that the teacher had been removed. She wanted people to think, oh, because she knows, here's the other part that drives this. She knew this would be a big tweet. And for a media person who wants to further their career, 10,000 tweets on a story. That's gold. That's money in the bank. That's what that is. Placed on leave. They state the teacher was never terminated, suspended, or placed on leave. They state the teacher was never terminated, suspended, or placed on leave. They state the teacher was... Okay, so this is her statement. And then this is the actual truth. This was on the 20... This was on the 22nd, the night before the election. This was on the 24th, the day after the election. And if you read back here, it says that, uh, the, the, the statement from Norman Public Schools that, however, we want to teach kids to think critically. They're being honest, but it's not critical thinking the way that you do it. And I'm going to have more on what critical thinking is in the context of the media and the teachers at the school later. Okay, but this is about something else. So now I want to show you the rest of my receipts to show that she set a narrative, narrative that she let lie all the way through election day to try to influence that, to, 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 to set that narrative for election day. And if you go back and look at Fox 25's coverage of the books issue, of the CRT issue, of the teacher shortage issue, it's very skewed. Very skewed to the left, especially her reporting individually. Okay? And I'm not saying anything about her as a person. Nothing about her personal life. Nothing. I'm just talking about her job as a reporter. And watch, they'll come after me in all kinds of different ways. But I'm telling you, it, it, I'm just talking about what is her job. And it's to be a reporter and to make sure that you get things right before you put them out. Because they can have an effect that's false, right? It's, it's a lot like the Hunter Biden situation, right? The New York Post put that out and it was stifled. See, they made the mistake. The New York Post thought they were still in 2015 or even you know, 20, 2010. They put that out too early. And so all they had to do was ban it. They had time to ban it. 
right? This was done in the, in the, what's the 21st century timeline. And then it took off all that day and set an area. Now, this is what happened. I'm gonna show you this. So I start just start quoting in my Twitter thread response to her, my receipts, okay? All of, and this is, this is actually an update right here, but look, but all of the national media, right? All the national media took up her narrative, which implies strongly that the teacher was removed or punished in any way, which she was not. She was not punished in any way, according to, if you listen to the video, what does it say? Suspended or placed on leave. They state the teacher was never terminated. They state the teacher was never terminated, never terminated, suspended or placed on leave. Okay. But her tweet implies that she was fired. So this is vice. Okay. And they say Oklahoma teacher put on leave. Okay, so there's the first narrative. So they interpreted it as her being put on leave. And this is the day she resigned, right? So this is August 30th. This is the day, this is uh, the day I posted it. But this came out on the 23rd, 24th. Late on the 23rd, early on the 24th, I believe. It was updated on the 24th. So this was actually updated on the 24th. This was added. This word here, resigns. Okay, and then... Okay, here's another one. The Insider, a million and a half distribution, according to their website. Oklahoma School District put a teacher on leave after she shared a QR code. It's almost the exact, and then to protect themselves amid a ban on critical race theory. The reason why the, the, the parent made a, a mistake in trying to do a critical race theory complaint about the gender queer thing. And they took that and I'm also going to show you that that this teacher has been planning on doing this. She says it in her interview. If you watch the full 20 minutes, I have two videos on it. Go back and watch them. But I break down her full 20 minute interview and she, she basically comes out and says that she had planned on doing this. You can see it in her own Twitter stream. She had planned on doing this. She tries to couch it and I knew I was going to have to. No, this was manufactured. And I... Almost guarantee you that there was school administration that were in support of her doing it. Because the superintendent of Norman Public Schools has been running around saying, we're under attack. We're under attack. Teachers are under attack. No, 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 no. Most teachers aren't doing this kind of crap. Most teachers don't have this stuff in their, in their, in their rooms. It's an ever-growing number of activist teachers who are making a bad name for all the other teachers and then trying to wrap themselves as human shields in the good teachers and make those teachers feel like they're being attacked for what they're doing. And the administrations are using all of teachers as human shields. They're the diversity link. They're the human shield. And I guarantee you that there are people in the administration at Norman Public Schools who are all for this, I know because you can hear them say it in videos. You'll see more on that later. But look, so here's the insider. They put it out. An Oklahoma teacher district, and this is the 23rd. This was put out on the 23rd. Okay? Raw story. 
Chilling, Oklahoma teacher fired after providing... So, so she used the word removed as, an, as a deliberate effort and kept it vague as a, as a deliberate effort so people could interpret this a different way to gain the outrage. And Twitter, you get retweets based upon the outrage. You look for the narrative line, you try to jump in and try to ride the wave. That's what journalists do now. That's how you get a following. That's how you get a name for yourself. That's what they do. And so the, the, your journalists will have no qualms about, especially if it goes in their own political beliefs. Right? See, I'm not, I'm not a journalist. What I am is somebody who's trying to expose what's happening here a little bit. I'm doing journalism, but I'm doing journalism against the journalists. Okay? So there, there it is. Raw story. Oklahoma teacher fired. They got that narrative. It quotes her tweet in all of these. Orangepower.com. Norman teacher fired, suspended, unknown. This is, this is Oklahoma. Daily KOS. And if you can see, I put this in every tweet. Orange Power got this narrative from your tweet, at Wendy Suarez, at W. Su August 23rd, before your TV correction on August 24th, after the election. I just repeat that in every one, just to prove the point. She wanted receipts. Here you go. Oklahoma teacher removed for sharing. Teacher has already been removed. Interpret removed for me. Do you think that that means she was allowed to stay without any kind of punishment at all, that she wasn't like she had said in the video? Or does that mean she was removed, implied she had been fired or suspended or placed on leave? They flip you here. Now, Brett Cook says, I want to read, do you think that HB 7075 was written like any other bill in being confusing that it doesn't include references to pornography or it was intended to not include a reference to pornography? No, I don't. Because again, you have to look at everything in context. Everything has to go in context. Okay? It has to go in context because back then, they weren't injecting, the DEI offices that inject these books into the classroom as a, as a, as a manner of inclusion are trying to create this, are trying to create this political wasteland in, in, in all schools and inject this stuff into the kids' minds to wipe out their own identity, to sexualize them, remove them from their families, and turn them into political activists in their own right. So, no, I don't think it had it because pornography wasn't an issue back in, in April of 2021 when HB 7075 was passed. And here's the other part of it. We already have laws on the books. That, 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 first of all, common sense, just moral law in society that you don't, teachers in classrooms don't send links to books that have pornography in them. They don't, send, they don't do that to students and they don't have those books in their classroom. This was common sense. This was this was universally accepted reality and that, that you don't do that. Well, now in the name of inclusion, because everybody must see themselves, what they must see themselves engaging in sexual activity in a book in the classroom? These are underage depictions, by the way. 
These are depictions of underage people in cartoon form. Okay. But again, let's get back to the narrative. Here's another one. Daily KOS teacher was removed for sharing NYCs. Here's now. This was a little confusing because uh, what she had done is she put this in as a response to me. So you can see she's responding to me. Okay. Since reading comprehension is difficult for some, she's employing me. Or maybe the desire to spin a narrative is more important. She's projecting. So she demeaned me ad hominem. Then she projects on me trying to untangle her narrative or detransition her narrative as me trying to spin a narrative. No, I'm just literally showing you what happened. Okay, because there's the truth and then there's narrative. She says, or maybe at a desire to spin a narrative more than important, here's my entire thread. Nothing deleted as a story as the story unfolded with her being pulled from the classroom. This right here even contradicts what she said up here. Or placed on leave. They state the teacher was never terminated, suspended, or placed on leave. But what she did, why I thought she deleted it, is she did this new thing that Twitter can do now, which is hide it from you. And then I called her out for deleting it because I'd never seen that before. It's a fairly new thing, and I'm pretty Twitter savvy. And so I thought it was deleted, so that was my mistake. I'll just point that out. I'll admit my mistake. But it it looked deleted to me, meaning I couldn't access it. But what she doesn't know is that it comes up in your mentions on Twitter. And so I can see it. I just took a picture of it and I put this out there, but she made it to where I couldn't see it because what she did here was highlight. I, this is my writing. This is my, I just highlighted it again, but she self-owned and then tried to hide it from me. She self-owned herself. She, she exposed herself and her own narrative, which is where I was going anyway. And yes, I set a trap for her by using the word fire. So she would out herself. This is the Chris Rufo method. He does this masterfully. Now he gets way more responses for it, which makes it unignorable. What what she did after this, after she caught got caught, is she started ignoring me. And then you started having people, uh, the the woke Twitter mob, come and trying to you know scare me off basically. But I just kept going. And said, um, and then I started quoting more things. And with some more narrative that I, or some more um, um, editorialization of what it is that I'm finding or some explanations, right? Guess what? I said, guess I was far from the only one that picked up on your narrative plant. So it was her narrative plant, huh? Why did you wait until the day after the election to visibly correct? She said that she did it in the tweet and there was an ongoing story. Don't post a story as a journalist who has a, a television following. on Twitter, knowing it would set a narrative the night before an election. And you're supposed to be non-biased. The media is not non-biased. 
and I'm going to say this actually goes double for your local media. See, places like the Daily Wire or even me, I'm going to tell you I, uh, what exactly I am for and what not for, right? So you know when you when I'm coming in that I'm so I'm, I'm up front. She claims to be an unbiased journalist when she's absolutely not an unbiased journalist. Okay, so I, I put that out, and then here's another one. Here's the actual code, right? And they put this up for a reason because they want you to scan the code. But if you were to scan the code, you'd go find genderqueer on there that you can access and kids can access digitally. And it has all the pictures in it that Joy Hoffmeister, the Democratic candidate for governor and the Democrat secretary of edu or no, excuse me, the Democrat superintendent of public instruction right now demanded be removed from Tulsa schools and vicariously all the other schools as well. Because she called it pornography okay but they try to lay this all off on 1775 had nothing to do with 1775 okay and i said here's another one all the day of the election weird and this is my initial tweet this is the one i used to catch her i tagged her okay oklahoma teacher links to Porn books with students in class resigns to become activist. Now that's where I'm going to buckle in this stuff. I'm going to show you exactly how obvious it is that Summer Boimier first did this on the first day of school, had no intention of teaching, and is now making the, the rounds on the circuit with to great acclaim of all of wokey super left shill media, CNN, Washington Post. All these people did interviews with her. Right. So, and then I say Suarez lies about getting fired to get retweets, which is what she did about the teacher getting fired. I tapped the two biggest news organizations that picked up the narrative, and then I out and then outrage activists decry the banning of, of porn as is banning books, and that's literally what happened. And then lay it all at the feet of seventy seventy five which has nothing to do with it. And Ryan Walter stepped into it by not, by, by he, he is actually the example of a good faith person who reads the news in his own area and picks up their narrative, but it was a trap for him. And yesterday he puts out that letter early in the day and it's the first line said that the teacher had been fired. He picked that up from Wendy Suarez. Who picked it uh, because it went from her to other media organizations. They picked it up. They didn't do their due diligence. They it tweeted out all day the day of the election. Nobody could confirm it because nobody could get to the teacher. And Norman Public Schools didn't confirm it. Uh, and it didn't go out on television until the day after the election. And so Ryan, being a busy person doing his job, didn't pick that up, put it in the letter. Now, why his, his his people behind him didn't proof that and do their job, Ryan, brother, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. So if you have things like this, let me know. Um, I'll look them over for you. I'll let you know what's coming down the pike. But there's going to be tons of situations like this. Tons of them.
he's only begun to hit the, the woke wall. So the, the, the last thing I'm going to show you for the cast today is a video I made yesterday. No, there's two things. There's two things. Um, well, let me just get into, I'm going to take it a bit out of order. Whoops. Uh, and of course, this played on without me wanting it to, so I'm going to have to take a moment. But there's a video here of, of Summer doing an interview, and I'm going to have to let this play for a second, but um, of her doing an interview with a, a KGW8, it's a, it's a kind of a podcasty looking online show, okay? Okay, and they do, sorry, hold on just a second. And I don't know if you can hear that or not, I'm trying to make it to where you can't, but um, what she does is she goes into this show and you can see exactly why she resigned. Okay, I'm going to show you. Just one second. And you can see exactly why she resigned. I'm going to stop sharing the screen. Uh, sorry, I'm new. I'm fairly new at this, guys. So and I don't have a team like all these fancy Wendy Suarez's stuff do to make everything look great. But you can support me. Got to say this. Like, subscribe, hit the channel. Do uh, Come over to YouTube and do a... a if you appreciate the information I'm giving you, do a super chat. You can donate to me in the cast. Whoops. You can donate to me in the cast uh, while we're doing that. Just to, And I'll read your, your thing online. So if you want to support me, that's the only support I have in this. So if you appreciate what I'm doing, I would appreciate that. So, but here is the, the cast. And I'm going to show you, this is, is proof positive that she did this to become a national activist. She had no intention of teaching anymore. This has been her plan, I guarantee you, for years. This is not something that just came up. Hold on just one moment. And, oh goodness. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. So this is not something that just come up. This is something that very much was planned. And, and I'm going to show you why here. Oh, and this is fair use, by the way, for YouTube. This is fair use. This is a live newscast, not on YouTube, just for the record. Welcome back to DBL. Reading is essential when it comes to education and the conversation around censorship is a big topic as kids go back to school. Today, we're talking to a teacher accused of sharing inappropriate material with teens. Former high school English teacher, Summer Boamia joins us. Boamia joins oh. us to share her side of the story. Summer, thank you so much for taking the time so they're, they're... to uh, share your side of the story on DBL. I just want to get straight to it. Uh, huge. They gave her a round of applause. See, what happens is, is that the, these teachers feed off of the adulation of their kids in the classroom. And then eventually, they look for ways to get more of it. And the way to do that now is go be an activist. And so you make something out of nothing. And this is the one point I wanted to make from earlier. 
you make something out of nothing that it's an economy now. Right? And I believe she thought that they, she got confused about 1775. She thought it was about 1775. Right? And a mother made a mistake trying to, you know, put it in as a 1775 complaint. And she, Summer thought that she was going to get fired and was hoping for it. And when it didn't happen, she had to resign. And so they had to spin it away. So now she's making a round of applause for me. I'm an enormous fan of yours. And I think oh, as a whistleblower, you will be remembered is, very, very well in history. Unbiased. Talk to us why educators like yourself are worried that the rights of students are being taken away. Talk to us. So currently in Oklahoma, there is legislation on the books known as HB 1775. Lie lie pertaining to her situation lie so hb seventy seventy five says you can't have books that teach that you, you could be historically oppressive or an oppressor that some people are responsible now for things that their ancestors did but her situation has nothing to do with 1775 the books the books in the classroom that she, that the, 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 the mother was upset about were the ones that Joy Hoffmeister, Democratic candidate for governor and current state school superintendent, ordered removed from Tulsa. And the rest of the districts told their teachers to make sure that they were out. This is all manufactured outrage. And then they laid at the feet of Ryan Walters and Governor Stitt and 1775 and leave joy completely out of it. Isn't that funny? Can you see it? But clap, clap, clap. Colloquially as the anti-CRT law. Uh, teachers are concerned uh, that this is a, a violation of students' rights because what it has done in the past year, as it's been on the books, is it has allowed a small group of people to dictate which She's reading, identities, perspectives, and points. conversations are allowed in our classrooms. Now, Summer, um, this um, it says that you can't discriminate against kids based on their race. And discrimination meaning make them feel guilty for something they had nothing to do with. Teach a ideology that that literally makes a hierarchy in your classroom of good and bad between based upon your, your identity group and a power dynamic. 1775 is a bill that makes illegal abusive power dynamics. That's what that bill does. Between your, it, it makes it illegal for the teacher to use materials and to teach lessons that implant within that structure an abusive power dynamic between students and between the teacher and the students. Just for the record. But again, they're conflating the issue. The reason why she quit or was removed or was fired or was suspended or uh, all the all the narrative, right? Which none of that was the case. The reason she resigned because she wasn't because she 
right? She, she had to resign to make the story keep going so she can go be an activist and, and get her applause online for, for her courageous lying. Right? The reason why is it has nothing to do with HB 7075. So she's complaining the issue on purpose. And, and these, these journalists, these people on the show are helping her do it. This is all started by Wendy Suarez at Fox News 25 reach um, for me personally. But I do have to ask you this question, because apparently you're being accused of providing students with access to pornographic material. What is that all about? So um, the accusations around pornographic material stem from a few places, um, namely what I did in my classroom and why I'm here with you right now is I provided students a QR code since I could not have books on my shelves. Genderqueer. This QR code links students to um, an e-card registration page for the Brooklyn. By the way, just her, her oh, she covered these books. This is the, uh, talk about virtue signaling, put it immediately out on Twitter. And Instagram and all that. The public library. And so students 13 to 21 across the United States have free e-access thanks to the Brooklyn Library. Uh, this is a place where my students, if they were to, to choose to do that, could access any number of books, some of which uh, have been censored and um, are in the process of being banned from Oklahoma classrooms and libraries. Well, uh, we appreciate you being on the show. And I will say that you're here on the show because you are a thought leader and you, like our co-host Tori said, you are going to be remembered well Amen. in history as a Amen. former. Uh, there, this is all part of the narrative setting. They're trying to make her a Martin Luther King level activist. They're trying to make her a Martin Luther King level virtue. I just want to go back to her explanation real quick that I interrupted because it's important. This isn't a very long video. So. And the accusations around pornographic material stem from a few places, um, namely what I did in my classroom and why I'm here with you right now is I provided students a QR code since I could not have books on my shelves. This QR code links students to um, an e-card registration page. She could have books on her shelves. She just couldn't have ones with uh, pornographic images in them or ones that um, implant a power dynamic within the classroom that's abusive. For the Brooklyn Public Library. And so students 13 to 21 across the United States have free e-access thanks to the Brooklyn Library. Uh, this is a place where my students, if they were to, to choose to do that, could access any number of books, some of which uh, have been censored and um, are in the process of being banned from Oklahoma classrooms and libraries. Well, uh, we appreciate Okay, so there's no official action banning them except the law that says don't show children obscene, obscene material, which is, already, which is a, a pretty old law. But the only person with any authority directly over the public schools that demanded the removal of these books, again, and I'm going to say this again, Joy Hoffmeister, the Democrat state superintendent of public instruction and the Democrat Candidate for governor. But the important thing is, the only reason she did that was because Ryan Walters went out there and showed everybody what it was. He went to the state board with it. Ryan Walters forced Joy to do it because it's Joy's uh, big part of the reason why these books are in there in the first place. Because she's been creating this apparatus 
as a crypto woke Republican until you know she decided to change parties and show her true co colors and and run it run for governor. She's the reason this teacher was in there in the first place is doing this in the first place. And the administrations are doing this in the first place. Yes, I believe everyone needs to hear this. <laughs> I've been trying to tell. How do you make everyone hear this? You go to my YouTube page and you share the video and tell everyone that you need to hear this. Everyone needs to hear this. This is what I'm going to be doing for you on my channel from now until the election and after this. Like, subscribe, hit the bell, support me because I'm doing this right now for free. But this is what I'm going to do for you here in Oklahoma from now until the end of the election. So let's just get, uh, uh, well, after that even, but here. Appreciate you being on the show. And I will say that you're here on the show because you are a thought leader and you, like our co-host Tori said, you are going to be remembered well Amen. in history as a Amen. former educator. A I taught middle school for five years. I just want to say I appreciate what you're doing so much. And I appreciate the risk you're taking because there's you had to know that this is going to ruffle some feathers with some parents uh, who want you to she face did, criminal charges. Did. Can you talk to us about that? Criminal charges. Now, the criminal charges aspect is from a mother who thinks that a teacher giving her daughter access to obscene material is a violation of the law, which it is. Now, let's get to the meat of why Ryan Walters wrote his letter yesterday, which got overshadowed by the, the fired thing is because of that simple thing. It's because she shared, she knew genderqueer was there. It was on the front page that day. And she knew her district, under the, the, the edict of Joy Hoffmeister, shamed into her doing that by, by Ryan Walters pointing out that these books are in the classroom, Right? That's why. It has nothing to do with 1775. It has nothing to do with the CRT bill. It's because she shared obscene materials, links to obscene materials in her classroom. And the parent got upset about it. Um, sure. So the, the conversation around those criminal charges, I think, stems from a particular book that is available on uh, the Brooklyn Library's website. And that book is Gender Queer. So it is a, a memoir about, uh, you know, coming to terms and experiencing and going through, um, you know, those gender identity issues and questions that I think a lot of adolescents face. Um, you know, in my opinion, this is a vital text and it's a vital text for a number of my students who are experiencing similar things to see their perspectives centered and validated. Okay, so it's a vital text for her to show if you go and look up gender queer if you haven't seen it. Go look it up. It's obscene. And here's the part that they don't tell you, the part that gets overshadowed. Here, are you ready for this? This is a big thing. The book has a protagonist that starts, so it, it takes you through underage sexual experiences and depicts them in pictures. That's a big thing. But by the end of the book, the protagonist becomes a teacher and the book ends with them getting ready to share their story with their students. Yep. The book ends with them getting to share their story with their students. I believe 
uh, I'm, uh, Wikipedia snippet. Thank you. Is it age restricted? I believe that it is. Uh, are Amazon Amazon listed as 18 or over? I believe. I've heard that before. You have to check me on that. If you if you can find that out, let me know. But I believe it is. I've heard that before. But let's check that. Um, so this teacher said it's vital to share that book that has obscene actions in it between often minors because some of her kids in the classroom might statistically it would be a very small subset it's ever growing for some reason but historically and statistically it'd be a very small subset does a g word come to mind See, there's a reason why they banned that word. It just fits too well. And um, in our society. Wow. So many questions. Uh, one, are you going to continue to teach? And do you regret sharing banned books with students? Um, I'll answer the second one first, actually. Uh, the short answer to that is no. Um, no, she does not regret doing this. Right? Because she's got to double down because now she's, an, she's a paid activist. She is making money. She is going to make the rounds. Watch. And you'll actually hear them say it here at the end. I think, you know, in this day and age, every every teacher, every educator, especially ELA teachers and social studies teachers, have to choose the hills that they're going to die on. This has been one of mine from the very beginning. Um, I firmly believe that I can't do what I have been trained to do and what I believe is is right without, um, you know, standing for that principle uh, against censorship. Um, okay, so look, uh, Wikipedia snippet. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, she went and looked at it and she says, reading age 18 years and up according to Amazon. So I'm going to go back just real quick. We're going to go back real quick to what her answer here is. Or the question. Um, I'll answer the second one first. In my opinion, this is a vital text and it's a vital text for a number of my students who are experiencing similar things to see their perspectives centered and validated um, in our society. Wow. So many questions. Uh, one, are you going to continue to teach and do you regret sharing banned books with students? Um, I'll answer the second one first, actually. Uh, the short answer to that is no. Um, I think, you know, in this day and age, every, every teacher, every educator, especially. ELA so she wants to share Wikipedia shared this here and it says Amazon says reading age 18 years and up according to Amazon. Then here's another. So it says in some school libraries, put an age restriction on it. If under 18 must have parent permission. Now here's the thing. This is another conflation. This is another, that's why I got to detransition you from the media narrative, right? This was about books in her classroom. This issue was not about books in the library. This is about books in her classroom, her classroom library, not the school library. Okay. It's about, so, so, so whether or not, even if the, the, the school library would have said, okay, it was an over 18 book for students that are over 18 that can get it with parent permission. If under 18, this would have avoided that because the book was in her classroom library, which is basically her classroom stack of books that she put there so the kids can peruse them without anybody ever knowing that they perused them. 
Get it? And again, when I was in high school, when we actually used books way more than we do today, when we didn't have a Kindle or a laptop or a phone or an iPad or any of that all day, every day, the only stacks of books that were in the classroom were the, were the, you know, 30 different copies of To Kill a Mockingbird, you know, 30 different copies of Romeo and Juliet, right? They didn't have just one copy of, of a bunch of different books. That was for the library. They, okay, here's this. If you think, you would think there was a restriction. The point is, is that most classrooms never had libraries in the first place. They're conflating the issue. The, age, the, the book should not be there. It is obscene material. Don't accept their premise. Never argue on the ground that they lay for you. That's, what, that's the mistake Ryan made in the letter. That's what I'm trying to tell you guys. Don't accept their premise because once you accept their premise, you're fighting on the ground of their choosing and they will beat you narratively every time because a lie can make it all the way around the world while the truth is still trying to get its pants on. Don't, don't go to age restrictions. Don't go to, it shouldn't be in the classroom. There shouldn't be libraries in the classroom. Every book should go through the school librarian. That's the way it's always been. Except for the approved books that you use for your curriculum. I'm going to finish this and I got one last thing to show you. LA teachers and social studies teachers have to choose the hills. And do you regret sharing banned books with students? Um, I'll answer the second one first, actually. Uh, the short answer to that is no. Um, I think, you know, in this day and age, every, every teacher, every educator, especially ELA teachers and social studies teachers, have to choose the hills that they're going to die on. This has been one of mine from the very beginning. Um, I firmly believe that I can't do what I have been trained to do and what I believe is is right. Listen to that. She firmly believes that she can't do what she's been trained to do, which is to indoctrinate kids in a certain way of thinking using sex and race and identity. And it, she can't do what she's been trained to do, which is turn them into political activists. She can't do that if she doesn't have the materials necessary, she can't do it as effectively if she doesn't have the materials and the freedom, the lack of oversight to do it. I'm gonna address this real quick. It's just, uh, Brett Cook says, it's disturbing that this person, being an English teacher only, is assuming the role of counselor and sex educator when that's exactly what they're not. I want to address this situation. Uh, Brett, thank you for your comment. But I want to address it. You are too accepting the premise. A school counselor should be there to counsel the kid on how to get into college. They should not be there to counsel them on their sex, on their anything like that. That's not how school counseling started. They use the term counselor to say to the counsel them on their academic movement. 
and sex educator should not exist. That used to be health teacher. But again, progressivism progresses. You're going to need to stay tuned to my channel. I'm going to have you, if anybody knows Kelly Sky, I'm going to show you where we're going here soon. And it's a very scary place. Yes, she has taken on the role that these counselors, you're right, Brett, in the, in the idea that they've taken on the role of counselor and sex educator, but those two positions shouldn't exist in the first place. But now they always do the conflation. They always combine. Now, Stephanie Williams at Norman Public School says that you have to embed this in everything that you do. That's what she said in her 2021 DEI teacher training. And she's head of student services now. without, um, you know, standing for that principle uh, against censorship. There's um, have to choose the hills that they're going to die on. This has been one of mine from the very beginning. Um, I firmly believe that I can't do what I have been trained to do and what I believe is, is right without, um, you know, standing for that principle uh, against censorship. Um, so no, I don't regret doing what I did. I would do it again a thousand times if I had to. Um, as far as what's next for me, I you know I just want to let folks out there know quick. that it's what her political ideology demands of her. The law, and this goes into my last thing. I'm going to show you here in a minute. I know I talk a lot, but that's why I'm here, right? I'm trying to give you the, all the information, okay? But this ideology is it's it's. James Lindsay calls it identity Marxism. I like to call it Marxist identitarianism. It's the same thing, but I like, the, I think that it's a little more accurate because it's the supremacy. Well, James is maybe a little more accurate, okay, because he's always a little more accurate, but because <laughs> it just can't be James Lindsay, right? Um, and there's, that's the reason why he got kicked off Twitter, by the way, um, just because of this issue. But they use identity and they say that this ideology suit is, is superior to the law. This, it's a faith. They talk about this the way Christians talk about, you know, the persecution, right? It's if the law told you to deny that Jesus was God and that he never rose from the dead, so it's a Christian stand back. This is why this is a faith. It operates as a faith. That you would lay down your life, and when she uses the term hill to die on, that's what she's saying. So she's talking about her career, not her actual life, right? That you're willing to take the hit and be a martyr for the cause. And so you're willing to break the law because you have a faith a moral center that demands you do so. It's your tithe, right? That's what I said today on Facebook, was that this ideology is, it, it's a faith. And so it can be a reason to break the law. They value it over the U.S. Constitution, over the rule of law, because it's what makes them the most moral virtuous. And their tithes are, 
your children. Turning your kid, proselytizing, converting them, and turning them out to the faith. But if you do have to martyr yourself, don't worry. There will be great rewards for you on the other side. Listen. I don't regret doing what I did. I would do it again a thousand times if I had to. Um, as far as what's next for me, I, you know, I just want to let folks out there know that um, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I may not be in a classroom right now, but um, as far as Oklahoma education goes, I am, I'm going to stick around. I'm going to be present and um, I hope to be present in the national conversation mm -hmm. as well. Ooh, Students deserve ooh. to see their lives. Better. I hope to be present in the national conversation as well. Now, hold on. Validated. I'm feeling you, a book here and I feel like this should be your run. first stop. Yeah, Absolutely. activist. Uh, yeah, uh, you are already part of the national conversation. And there it is. You see? This was all designed to make her a part of the national conversation. She was trained to do this in college. She has been colluding with the identity Marxists, like the DEI, the former DEI director, student director, student services director at Norman schools to do this exact kind of thing. They have a whole committee called Equity Champions. But Bell, the, 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 the actual organization that they use, call them equity detectives that search out and the last thing on their 10 rules. I, I have a video in my channel. Go and find it. It's called Equity, De equity Detectives. It's just a couple days ago. But I read this to you. The last thing that they say is find good trouble. Good trouble. She's been groomed for this. That's exactly right. And now she, her, her, she has to proselytize, right? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's what this is doing. And she's using the schools as the mechanism. This, wokeism is a, is a, it's a hack of the separation of church and state. It's a cult being implanted in your schools. It's a faith system, a belief system, a moral system. Where power is beyond everything. It's all power and oppression. And the only way someone who's like her, cis, or I don't know, white girl, can possibly get this kind of adulation, right, is if you accept the faith and you wipe yourself clean of your own identities and then take on a complete Uh, take on a complete uh, narrative and a complete identity of the politics. That's the only way someone who's, you know, especially a cisgendered white males, they always say, right? Because it's the only way they can find absolution. That's it. But it's also why people, black people or people of color who don't agree are treated the worst, like Larry Elder. That's why he can be the black face of white supremacy. Ben Carson, right? Anybody who doesn't conform. Justice Thomas, right? Okay.
So that's that's pretty much the end of that one. I have one last thing to show you, and it's a little video I made yesterday that's making the rounds. I encourage you to take this video. Um, hold on, I've got to get out of all of this for a second. And of course I did it the wrong way, but hold on just one moment. And I want you to share this video. I want to put it in. Yes, born again. They are born again in the ideology. It's a perversion of faith. That's what this is. It's a perversion of faith. Here, so I'm going to end with the, I'm in the show with this. And let me actually just get this and put it in the, it's a two minute video, but it says in this video, okay, this is from the full length interview with her and Wendy Suarez. Okay. And what this says, well, I'll just let you, let you listen to it. So I, I mean, I have gone into my classroom and designed my curriculum and put together my lesson plans you know, with that itch in the back of my brain of, you know, this could draw a complaint. It could draw a complaint. Do it I could. care? No. No. Um, you're not willing to sacrifice your ideals as an educator, professional educator, to follow the law. Do you hear that? Do you hear what Wendy Suarez said? She asked a question. She said, you're not willing to sacrifice your, basically your ideology and your principles, what you've been trained to do in your woke college of education and in the professional development since then, to follow the law. I'm just gonna play it one more time. Listen carefully, listen carefully. To follow the law, educator, ideals as an educator, professional. You're not willing to sacrifice your ideals as an educator, professional educator, to follow the law. Your ideals. No, because I mean, if, no. if I if I were sacrificing those things, if I were going against, you know, not only the the training that I've had, but you know, the experiences I've had, uh, you know, as an educator in Oklahoma public schools for the last decade. Um, I mean, those those things, those experiences directly so it's a choice so again she says you're not willing to sacrifice your ideals or your ideology to obey the law which the law in this situation is not sending links to sexually explicit books while you're in the classroom with these students not sending them your students and not discriminating against students based on race by setting a power dynamic in your classroom that's designed to set one kid above the other. That's designed to reinstitute Jim Crow 1.0 kind of 
racist discrimination on a social level. See what I'm saying? Does it make sense? And for those who are watching that are looking for reasons to make sure I can't do this anymore, don't make the same mistake that I am not a public official. I am not in the classroom. And I don't respond. Now, I will never, ever do anything violent. I just want to point that out because I know this is going to be misconstrued. But I do not respond proportionally in narrative wars. And the sheer amount of information I've been gathering for three years We can stick reporting to facts or we can go after each other personally. I prefer to stick to facts. Let's stick on the issues. She made herself an issue. I have not, but go ahead. You think I'm scared? You got another thing coming. So. Just saying. Um. All of this is to say is that this new faith that is implanted by your your Norman Public Schools student services director over the last two years is now coming to full fruition. This is in every school at some level or another, rural, urban, because it's been trained into your administrator's and your teachers, not all of them will, but but COVID, this is the other thing. What everyone must understand is COVID was a cleansing mechanism. Just like defund the police was for the police departments, that, that it, it got out everyone who would disagree politically. So basically the older teachers all retired early because they were scared to death. They were made to feel scared to death. And it's dissuaded anybody from becoming a new police officer, a new teacher that might dissuade. And if you've seen the Project Veritas report, people like Stephanie Williams in Ormond Public School are there to provide a political litmus test for new hires into that school. And I'm going to tell you, part of the reason they can't fill the positions is because of that. The teacher shortage is because of that. Because probably in Oklahoma, they don't have enough woke people to fill the positions and they won't use. And then the people who aren't, if they've been pushed out, forced to retire. Or they just don't want to be teachers anymore. Because why would you want to teach in a situation like that? Right? I don't know. I, I, I don't. So. That's my show for today for the first midday detransition, media detransition podcast. Join me every day at 1145. May not be this long, but I'm going to try to bring you something. This is local and national. It may end up being local, maybe national, but it's stuff that should be known about. If you have tips, please send them to me in terms of uh, information that you'd like me to see or highlight on the show. Please let me know. You can uh, reach out to me on uh Facebook or on uh, Twitter. And 
I do, I do appreciate your support. Please like, subscribe to the channel, share the videos. Um, I'm doing this for free. So if you appreciate what I'm giving you, make a donation, do a super chat. I will work for my pay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'll get better at the whole show parts of this. Got some things in the works that might help with that. So, but I appreciate you all being here. If you have any questions, make sure that you, uh, well, how about this? I'll take a few minutes. If anybody's got any questions, they're still watching. Go ahead and put them in the chat. I'll give it another minute or so for any questions at all. Uh, let me make sure I didn't miss any. Brett Cook, got that one. I know uh, Travis says I should take a look at uh, Shawnee Public Schools. I will, I will. I think I actually have, there's a, quite a few things there. So, all right, guys. Ah! That wasn't supposed to happen, sorry. I know that was really loud. Um, Again, I'll get better with the show aspect of this. I'm sorry about that. Um, but all right, guys, we'll see you later. And I really appreciate uh, you being here on the show today. All right, guys. Bye.